Hey, this is Brad Biley, and you just found Insights, the most listened to podcast by recruiters and staffing owners who want to learn what's working in recruitment and digital marketing. If you're new to the show, here's what you can expect to hear. Every other week, Matt Lozar, Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing, and I, our Director of Digital Marketing, break down what's working for staffing and recruiting firms across North America. But Insights is not a marketing show. It's a show built to help you get more job orders and more applications. And whether you stumbled upon the show or you're here on purpose, we're glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up? This is Brad Biley, and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we feeling this week, buddy? We're feeling good, Brad. How are you? Matt, honestly, I'm doing great. And I have an immediate follow-up from the last show that I want to throw at you. Okay. So last show, we talked about how I deleted TikTok, right? On top of that, I added an app to my phone that blocked screen time. So now if I click into a social media, it only gives me five minutes at a time. And then it asks me if I want to go back in. Ask me how much my screen time has dropped since the last show, Matt. I would assume it's down. So how much is it down, Brad? 36%, Matt. I've gotten 36% of my life back. Wow. It's nuts. Nuts. So you ask me how I'm doing. I I feel great. I, my brain isn't mush from the nonsense on Twitter and TikTok right now. Then, then you have your Twitter limits that got implemented, which... Right. How about that? Who knows what's going on there? I mean, Elon told us, go spend more time with friends and family. So you're just following, following his advice. I'm doing what King Elon wants. Hey, man, are you <laughs> threading yet? I am on threads. Um, are you? I downloaded it. Okay. It's not a chronological timeline, and it gives me threads content from people i don't follow which i don't i get it but i don't like that um no you don't need to be on threads right now to answer the question but um yeah i am and we're not going to go down that rabbit hole of all the theories on twitter and threads and whatnot but yeah it's interesting another competitor here which competition is always good so we'll see what happens i'm not on it yet I will, I'm sure, but right now it's it hasn't been on the, the top of my to-do list for the week. It is kind of crazy that we talk, talked about social media and then it just like blew up in the two weeks since the episode. Yeah, man. I don't know. There's a lot going on in the world. I feel like I'm taking a summer detox. I feel really good about it. Great. Um, and that's not to say that you need to do the same. Obviously, no. we're here to talk about what's working in digital and recruitment marketing for me personally. I just need a break and I feel really good about it. But Matt, what do you say, man? You want to get to the show? Let's go. Matt, we're going to start with you. Usually we save recruitment marketing till the very end, but let's bring it right to the start. We want to talk about mid-year resolutions for your recruitment marketing. Matt, by the time we drop this show, we'll be roughly halfway through July. Good time to reflect back on what we've learned from the beginning of 2023 and also forecast where we're going to end 2023. So Matt, you put together some tips for mid-year resolutions for recruitment marketing Hit us with them. Love the term mid-year resolutions just because I think it's, why do we have to wait to January 1st? And I've had contests like this in the past and like, hey, let's let's sure. let's look at it all the time. Um, actually, writing about this in the recruitment marketing newsletter that we send out every month. If you want to subscribe, email, or not email me, send me a message on LinkedIn. We'll add you to the list. Um, great content from the team, case studies, um, other insights about recruitment marketing as well from actually Bradley Reed on our team. So Really nice piece of content, and uh, my topic this month is on mid-year resolutions. And I think I might not get into all of them here, but I think the one that's really um, digging into me right now is make sure your titles are good. Do some research on titles and salary. Um, 
I literally just sent literally just sent a report before this recording and the worst performing job for this client in the month of June was the title of glue machine of what glue machine that's not a job correct that's that's a that's a that's a thing correct and it's it's a reminder and there's so many out there i mean you just see it with the with the constant turnover and high volume hiring it's probably the piece of equipment that someone is operating so they're thinking oh if somebody knows that machine they're going to be qualified it'll help me weed out the unqualified applications the the problem is when you have description job titles that are too descriptive or too specific nobody's searching for that on indeed or ZipRecruiter or google or wherever you're posting your jobs they're searching for warehouse production manufacturing sometimes they don't even type in anything they just hit enter and let the algorithm spit out results so i think my number one please go look at your job titles and do some research and also on salary um there was another one i saw a client was struggling with jobs on a, on a specific range and it was in their local market and their wage was $17 an hour and the average in that market was 1833. So they're struggling. Who would apply to that job? Right. So just do some research and I know it can be tough to get wages right um cuz you're battling with your clients but presenting them with data will hopefully help you get some more results. I think the more that you can tell a client or a prospect, "Hey, we can't take this job order because we're going to have a very hard time filling a role that is a dollar thirty below the average in our local market. Which, Matt, I'm going to assume that that's even outside of that specific industry. That's also McDonald's and Wendy's and, and factoring in fast food, right? Just looking at that job. So yes, you're bringing in the other competitors. And when you think about that, why would somebody want to work in factory A and make $17 an hour if they can work at McDonald's or Walmart or whatever it might be? That's a competitor of yours. You need to think about that. And I understand right now, Matt, all we're hearing about is it's hard to get new orders. It's hard to get new business. I get that. But if the business you're getting isn't going to set you up for success, do you want that in the first place? Is it better to just say no to that kind of business than to take on a client and a prospect or take on a client that you can't satisfy? In my opinion, Matt, if it was my staffing firm, I don't want that business. I can't be successful. It's going to bring my team down. People are going to be mad that they can't fill the roles, and it's going to take them off of other job orders and other projects that they can fill. So now I'm ruining morale and I'm ruining time that could be spent in other places. You read my mind. I was th- sitting here after I, I talked, said that, and you were getting to actually what my point was was going to be, but it's like, it's flipped so much. I feel like we probably, had, there might be content out there from the summer of 2021 where people we literally heard from staffing companies, they were rejecting job orders because the wages weren't good enough. And now you just talked about, yes, there's some desperation. We can't just be order takers anymore on the sales side. We need all the job orders. So maybe if it's a lower paying, we're going to take it and and hope when really it's probably not going to work. I'm just thinking through the fact of your team has 40 hours a week. And let's say that's all they're working, right? You're working 40 hours a week. You're taking an hour for lunch every day. So let's say your team's working 35 hours a week. Let's just throw that math out there. If they're going to spend 25% of their week filling a job order, trying to fill a job order that is impossible to fill because the salary is so low or the wage is so low, you're wasting time closing the orders that they can work on. 
So Matt, I'd say punt that kind of business because all business isn't good business. What else you got for us? I'm going to flip to one more. Um, I think it's it's on that it's on that employer branding side. Um, build your brand and don't just promote the brand. I actually, just listened to a podcast from outside the industry where you know this this agency talked about they get a new client or work with somebody new and they just want to promote the product. They just want to push, push, push. When we see through that, especially a younger generation see through that, you need a brand. You need to build that somehow. And that definitely does not just have to be digitally. It could be in the local market. It can be with someone's experience if with your company. It could be you sponsoring local events. It's just doing the legwork and building that brand. Because once you build the brand, then the content almost gets a little bit of an accelerator and it's going to do a little bit better. So I think really focus on that company brand. Build a brand, build a reputation. I'm all for. I, I could not agree more. Mm-hmm. That. If, if you think about consumer goods, you think about the products that you buy, you buy products from brands that you know and you trust. You buy product from brands that are recommended to you, that are referred to you. Staffing, finding a job, trusting you with the hiring process is the exact same. If you have no brand, if you have no reputation, why would anybody trust you with one of the most important facets of their life? You can learn these tactics from companies outside of staffing. Like we live in Western New York. Like one of the top brands here is Wegmans. It's a great grocery store, huge, you know, all throughout a bunch of states. What do they do well? What do big, you know, popular brands in your market do really well? And piece that together to use some tactics and strategies, help you build your brand. It doesn't just have to be the, you know, we're focusing on a company employment brand. Yes. But like, think about what you're seeing from outside the industry. And Brad does an awesome job of this. He sees it all the time with rockstar marketing. We talk about that in different segments on the show. What can you learn from those companies are doing it? Well, it doesn't have to be in your industry, outside your industry. Um, and think about it, think through, you know, one thing maybe you can do in quarter three or quarter four that can really just help to build that brand. Cause then it's going to, it's going to have a nice effect on future results. Matt, if people want to get other resolutions for their recruitment marketing, we gave them two. How do they subscribe to the newsletter? How do they find the additional resolutions that you and your team put together? Just send me a message on LinkedIn. Um, or shoot an email at info at and we'll we'll get you added to the newsletter list. Um, comes out once a month, once a month, excuse me, and hopefully has some great content to help with your recruitment marketing aspects. All different, the four different pillars of um, career sites, job advertising, social recruiting, and employer branding. Matt, I'm convinced that LinkedIn is silencing me, and I have a tangible, mm-hmm. factual example to prove it. Matt, typically when I post on LinkedIn, anytime I post and I'm connected with, I think maybe 10,000 to 11,000 people on LinkedIn, of that number, typically anywhere from 750 to 2,000 people see one of my posts. Now, I know that's a wide range. I also know that in the great scheme of things, if I'm connected to 10,000 people and only that many people are seeing it, that's another issue. But typically, I make a post on LinkedIn. 750 to 2,000 people see it. I know that. I study the data. I look at it. Matt, last show, we talked about how I think LinkedIn is becoming the modern MySpace, how I think everybody's in their feelings, how I think everyone thinks they're a motivational speaker on LinkedIn, and how I think we're getting away from what the platform's made for. 
Well, I tried to do a little bit of promotion for the podcast and post a video of basically my take from last episode on LinkedIn. Matt, I posted it, different clips with different social copy, five times. So five different videos, five different pieces of social copy, five times. At most, video clip was seen three times. Matt, what I think is happening is LinkedIn is A, scraping the social copy, and they're saying, hey, this guy is talking about us. Why would we promote this to more people? B, because I also tried to not put what the video was going to be in the social copy. I think they're looking at the transcript of the video too, or they're analyzing the audio to see what you're saying as well. But Matt, I am convinced that LinkedIn is silencing what would be negative messaging about the platform. What I think this means, social has an algorithm. Social platforms exist to show good content to people. They show what you think you want to see before you see it. And we need to be aware of that, right? We need to know that LinkedIn is really built to make people more productive and more successful. We know Facebook is all about conversations and getting people engaged. We know that people that you engage with or that people that engage with you will see more of your content. We get that. What we now also know, Matt, is they can push a button very easily and say, listen, we're not going to elevate this to anybody. And if they do, well, you're SOL, right? Yeah, I don't really blame them. And when you told me this... And, and I texted that to you, right? I sent you the screenshot of it. And I think your exact words were, can you blame them for not elevating a post that's basically you know, calling them out? <laughs> yeah, in our, in our idealistic word, world of freedom of speech and everything gets pushed out. If I have a business product and you're talking poorly about my product, um, I might not want people to see that, which is which is interesting, but it might be happening. Um, but I think that in two thoughts here, one, when you post clips from this show, hopefully not about this segment, it'll be interesting to see if you get good reach or how that plays out. Stay tuned for that. But also I think knowing the algorithm is important. Like you have to know I want to get pushed out. We've talked about that on past episodes of Insights and you have to you know, pivot and understand what's working, what's not working. And the goal isn't to go viral. Like we're not, that's not the, I mean, it'd be great, but it's, if you, if you keep trying to search for that, you're, you're not going to be successful. It's just promoting really good content that fits into what's working well on the platform right now and, and understanding that. It's impossible to say this is going to go viral. It's just difficult. You can say, this is a feel-good story. I think this will pick up momentum. Like the the video example of my dad from Christmas Eve um, that I've talked about on the show before ended up getting seen by, I think, 80,000 accounts on Twitter. Good story, good message, felt right. People resonate with that, right? Like we, we I knew what could happen when I posted that. But we need to be strategic with what we're posting. What I think is also a good take, Matt, we need to look at the data. I know what my posts should average. I know very clearly if I post a video on LinkedIn, anywhere from 750 to 2,000 people should see it. It should get a handful of comments. It should get a handful of likes and engagements. But somewhere around 750 to 2,000 accounts should be reached every time I post on LinkedIn because that's what, when I analyze the data, what I see. So when I see a post that's getting one, three impressions, I know something's off. And I know, okay, let's stop doing that. 
because if I post more about this, no one's going to see it. So what's the point of me taking the half hour to cut this video, put all the work in to make this asset for no one to see it? So friends, along with this, just thinking content 101, know your data, know what works well for you and lean into what works well for you. So yeah, Matt, I think LinkedIn is silencing me in some areas, right? I think when we look collectively at, at what I'm posting, typically people see it. They engage with it. I know the staffing and recruiting audience pretty well at this point to know what to post, when to post it. Um, but it was just really interesting last week when I posted those videos and I was trying some different ways to get it in front of more people continuously. It just wasn't getting the the momentum and the steam that it does. So hey, friends, like I said, look at your data trust your data, lean into what works, and kick what doesn't. Matt, this um, this segment has been on my mind for a minute now. We need to stop the FOMO and start running our own race. Matt, countless conferences I've been to, countless conferences our team has been to, different conversations we've had with clients throughout the industry, different conversations we had with prospects throughout the industry, Matt, you're on a number of roundtables. I sit on a number of groups. We're in different forums. We are looking at the industry from many, many angles. All we're hearing lately is, hey, what's everyone else doing? What are you seeing? What are you seeing here? What are you seeing there? And Matt, while I think it's important to look at what others are doing, I think it's more important to run our own race, look at our own data, and lean into our own success. Because if we just start doing what Matt's staffing company is doing, and we all start flocking there, well, then we are just a mimic of Matt's staffing company. We're not doing anything to differentiate ourselves. We are just becoming more noise in the clutter. We're not growing our brand. We're not strengthening our brand. We're not becoming anything different. We are just becoming a commodity, just like the negative stereotype that our industry has. Matt, what do you think, bud? I think you're right in terms of not just mimicking because, and it's kind of how I feel about leadership. You can read a million leadership books and you could pick one out and fall in love with it and try to follow that. And when you try to lead, you try to manage whatever you're trying to do personally, I, I think it's successful to to pull from different areas to build that and build your own style. So that's that's where I think when you were saying, talking about this, you know, don't just mimic yeah, there's good tactics that we can all use and strategies and think about what works, what's going to work well for your company, for your audience, and not just constantly chase the latest and greatest. I think that's when thinking about this topic is where I, I came from. It's, yeah, there's going to be new things that come out that you want to test and try and, and look into, but just because threads came out here in the beginning of July don't fully shift your social strategy. You can test, you can try that, but work on building a really solid plan and what's going to work, what you're passionate about, what your audience is passionate about. And that's what the really successful content marketing, digital marketing, recruitment marketing strategies will, will be. You know what's interesting, Matt, is you probably remember a younger version of me who was all about Gary Vee who is all about the hustle culture, who is all about, you know, from nine to two, that's your time if you're not 100% happy to do what you want to do to sort of get to the next place. And now, I hate that mentality. I hate that philosophy. I don't subscribe to that philosophy at all. I, you know, I still work very, very hard, but I'm very strategic in when I work very, very hard. 
Matt, I, I love, love your take of leadership being sort of this melting pot of different things that you pick up. Um, and thinking through, you know, all the books that I've read, or I, I listen to a daily motivational podcast that's been on my, you know, my way home from the gym, I turn that on and try to like flip my, my mentality. It's not about just leaning into one thing though. It's, it's kind of pulling from all of these different areas that to me is okay. But, but Matt, to your point of, we can't just chase the latest and greatest. We need to be strategic in what we're doing. I think in a lot of ways, that's where the industry is getting away from itself is it's, oh, we need to go all in on automation. This is all we need to be thinking about that we're losing. We're losing some of the tried and true principles that have worked for countless years. We're losing some of this traditional marketing. We're losing some of this traditional recruiting that made us so strong and so successful. So yes, that's not to say we don't need automation. Yes, we need to be looking there, but it's not to say punt everything else. So the the, the quest of you know this FOMO, I'm here today to say, listen, we can be observers and we should be observers and we observe observers, sorry. And we should be talking to each other throughout the industry and saying, hey, what's working for you? What's working for you? What's not working for you? But to Matt's point, that doesn't mean to just go all in on that one thing. Let's become that melting pot. Matt, that was a phenomenal take, bud. Thanks. It's it's AI's probably and automation's the the biggest thing right now that everybody's trying to chase. It's not it's it's a balance because it's not going to change as fast as we think. But if we don't change if you don't change fast enough, you might be too far behind. That's a it's a tough line to toe. But it's interesting. I go back to something talking to a friend of the show, Dan Mori talked about, you don't want to automate that human touch side. That's, that's I think, the balance I've always tried to look at, whether it's working the recruitment marketing team, you know, leadership team, anything here at Haley Marketing. You, you, we want to automate because it's going to be better. It's going to be faster. But we, we can't just totally automate everything. Um, so I think that's where... It's it's awesome to talk. It's awesome to network. It's awesome to learn about that. But just because your your colleague did all this and made all these changes does not mean it's going to work for your company. So you have to lean on some experts. You have to have some trusted colleagues. You you need a a really good marketing plan. It has some area for testing and being able to to test part of it. You know, part of your budget. If it's five, ten, twenty percent, whatever you can handle, and, and test because if you don't test, you will get stale. That's not what we're saying. Is you know, stay the course, don't change anything. It's, it's don't just throw it at the wall. Don't just see what sticks and finding that right balance about what's going to work for your company, your content, you know, pulling things from different areas. And, and if it's working, yeah, keep doing it, adjusting it a little bit. Um, and that's, you know, I think that's where you're, where Brad's coming from. And I, he's right. You know, it's a, an interesting parallel that I'm kind of sitting on right now is is thinking through um, the, the Great Creators by Guy Raz. I, I remember hearing him talk about the chain smokers and how they really became popular because of SoundCloud. I know Taylor Swift became popular because of MySpace. There are creators and there are musicians and there are individuals who sort of catch a break because of a platform or because of a tactic or because of something that they do that, okay, because Taylor Swift blew up because of MySpace, 
That is to not say that if Matt wanted to become a recording artist right now, he should invest all of his chips into MySpace because that would be the worst idea possible. But we can learn from what she did over there, what her team did over there that was successful, and where can we leverage that now? Where might the audience be? Matt, that's why so many people are talking about TikTok right now because there's so many people actively using it that it's a great way to get in front of eyeballs. The challenge there is those eyeballs don't do anything. They're mush. They're looking at content. They're not clicking links. They're not buying anything. It's mindless scrolling. So is there really value there? That's a conversation for a different day. But Matt, the sort of the wave that I'm on is we can observe and we can listen to what others are doing in finding success in it. But we also need to look more so holistically at, okay, what were the underlying principles that made them successful on this path? What can we learn from their journey that we can then deploy somewhere else? That I think is important, right? Because if we're looking at elevating our business, yes, we can look at different examples from different locations, but we can't just do everything that everyone else did. Matt, I'm done talking about FOMO, man. What do you say? You want to get out of this one? That sounds good to me. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You can tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators and be sure you tell them that Insights sent you. For my podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.